You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 11. Have you ever heard that you should have a freebie or a lead magnet for capturing new email subscribers? Whether you have one or you're looking to create one, this episode will help you decide what your next freebie should be, and I'll share all of my tips for designing a freebie for your blog. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. So back in May of 2019, I attended the Everything Food Conference, and there were multiple presentations all about email marketing. In fact, it seems like email marketing is a huge topic of conversation in every single industry right now. For a lot of food bloggers, email marketing is a really untapped platform. And you've probably heard that in order to grow your email list, you need to have a freebie or a lead magnet that you can give people in exchange for their email address. And this is 100% true. But if you have no idea where to begin with designing a freebie, this episode is going to help. In this episode, I really want to cover design tips for your freebie. But first, I think it's really helpful to figure out what that freebie will be. Before we dive in, I want to remind you to go ahead and subscribe to the show if you're liking these episodes. If you subscribe to the show, it means that other people will be able to find the podcast and you will never miss an episode. I can't tell you how many times I've found a podcast that I love and forgotten to subscribe and cannot remember what it's called for the life of me. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button as you're listening so you can never miss an episode. All right, let's dive in. So what is a freebie? A freebie is something that you give as a gift for signing up to receive emails from you, something that you give in exchange for an email address. There are many types of examples of freebies. Traditionally, food bloggers tend to go towards recipe ebooks, but there are a lot of different ideas. When you're thinking about a freebie, you want to think about what the next step would be for your audience after they read your content. If you think about the audience's journey and what you're trying to help them achieve, that can help you with figuring out what that very first step is going to be. Another way that you can think about this is what is a first step for someone before they even make one of your recipes? It's really important if you have a specific niche or you cover a specific type of food from a diet or a cuisine to have something that kind of sets the foundation for the type of food that people might be making if they make recipes from your blog. I'm going to share 10 quick examples of different freebies, and these are going to be written out in the show notes for you to read too, but I think this will help you get your wheels turning about different ideas of freebies that you could create. And I hope this will show you that there are so many different things that you can do for a freebie for your blog, and you don't just have to do a roundup of different recipes that are already on your blog. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but I think we can get really creative with this. Okay, so I'm going to start with telling you what kind of freebie it is, and then I'm going to give you a specific example of what that might look like for different types of blogs. So the first example is a checklist. This might be 10 Brazilian pantry essentials. The second one is a hack. This could be a freezer meal hack for saving hours on meal planning each week. The third is a shopping list. This could be a Whole30 shopping list. Fourth is a meal plan, seven days of meal prep recipes. The fifth is a recipe ebook, 10 dairy-free side dishes. The sixth is a swap list. This could be for allergies or healthy eating, maybe 20 healthier store-bought swaps. 
The seventh is a cuisine guide, guide to kid-friendly Asian food. The eighth is a timeline, Thanksgiving prep timeline. The ninth is a holiday menu, for example, Easter brunch menu. And the last one, number 10, is a printable. This could be something like dairy-free substitutions, recipe conversion table, or a spices cheat sheet. With this example, I want to caution you against being too generic and too general with this. And I think this is, in general, one that's a little bit harder for food bloggers. This type of example actually converts really well and you'll get a lot of subscribers. But what can happen is people are just trying to get the printable and they don't actually want to be on your email list. So you're going to have a lot more unsubscribes if you use this type of example unless you're very strategic about it. So let's dive into some tips about freebies. The first tip is that you want to start small. You want to create just one freebie that is sort of a core piece of content for your blog. This can and should relate to your brand messaging and to your audience's biggest pain point. This should be just one step towards your audience's end goal. Then you can create different freebies as you have time, as it makes sense, and when it's helpful for different subtopics of content that you might have on your blog. Your freebie should be simple. It can be just one page. The content for this freebie is really the most important thing about it. Getting subscribers from this freebie is an awesome perk, but the ultimate goal of this freebie is to serve your audience. I want you to remember that as you think through some of your ideas and remember that you're not just creating a freebie to pad your numbers and grow your email list with people that are not your people. Another huge benefit to a freebie is if you have ideas for products that you might want to create in the future, you can create a freebie around that idea as a way to test it and see how it does with your audience. This could just be within a certain topic or subject that you might cover on your blog, but you can kind of create a really small version of what that paid product might look like to see if your people are even interested in it. So I want to go back to the idea of your audience's journey. When you're creating a freebie, you want to start with your ideal reader in mind. So in episode two, I covered all about finding and discovering your ideal reader. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to it. But when you're thinking about creating a freebie, it is really essential to know who your audience is. And I want to also mention that this isn't always the actual audience that you might have from something like Pinterest or Google, but this is really the ideal audience that you want, the ideal person who would be served through your content on your blog. So you really need to know your audience when you're creating a freebie, and here's why. When you understand your audience, you can provide value in the form of a freebie. Creating a generic freebie is just going to result in people subscribing and then unsubscribing as soon as they get the freebie or as soon as you send them the next email. And I want to share an example from my own site when I'm talking about people grabbing something and then unsubscribing right afterwards. At the beginning of this year, I created a batch working guide for my design business, and I added it as a freebie onto my site. And I was really excited about this freebie because it was something that I had learned and was really implementing in my design business, and it was really helping me. And so I wanted to create this as a freebie to serve people. But what ended up happening is people would grab the batch working guide, and by the time I sent one or two more emails, they would unsubscribe because they quickly realized that I wasn't speaking to them. I was speaking to food bloggers, and they were a general business owner. And so people ended up just unsubscribing from my list. And the freebie in that case really isn't doing what it needs to be doing, which is attracting the right people to my business. So when you create a freebie, you really need to think about your ideal audience. And a relevant freebie, something that ties into your brand messaging and what you do, is going to attract the right audience and it's going to repel the wrong audience. So the more specific you can get with this freebie, the better. 
And I already mentioned this, but a freebie shouldn't be something that you create just to grow your subscribers. It should be something that really solves a problem and adds value and it helps the right subscribers. Creating a freebie can really be a lot of work, so it doesn't make any sense to create something if it's not right for your blog. So if you haven't defined your ideal audience yet, you really should do that first before you think about creating a freebie for them. So take a piece of paper or open a Google Doc and write down everything that you know about your ideal audience. You want to ask yourself questions about what life stage they're in, what does their family situation look like, what is their occupation. Sometimes it might be helpful to know their age, that just depends on what your blog is all about. You want to ask yourself why they're cooking in the first place, what types of recipes they are attracted to. And then after you write all of that down, I want you to look at any potential struggles that they might have that overlap with what you do. Then you want to ask yourself, what is your audience's biggest struggle with blank? So that blank is going to be what you fill in with whatever it is, whatever type of recipes that you share and what it is that you do on your blog. So it might be, what is your audience's biggest struggle with going dairy-free? What is your audience's biggest struggle with entertaining? What is your audience's biggest struggle with meal prepping? Hopefully that gives you some examples and gets you thinking. So now that you know who your audience is and you know some of the problems that they're facing, now you can work on solving those problems. And remember, you're not really solving them overnight. This is just one piece of the puzzle that's going to help them get to the next step on their journey. When you understand who your audience is, you can start to understand what their struggles are. And when you understand their struggles, especially as they pertain to your blog, you can start providing value to them. Go back to the question that you asked what their biggest struggle is and start asking yourself, what would solve that struggle? What would be a tool that you could give them that would help? The freebie is the first step towards you being the guide to help them solve their problem. And I want you to remember just what I said in episode number two, your blog is not about you. It's about your audience and you are the guide to help your audience on their journey in overcoming their struggles and their problems as they pertain to your blog. This ties both into your audience's struggles, but also into your brand messaging and how you're going to approach talking about this freebie to your audience. And when you really have this foundation for your freebie, it's going to give you clarity on how you can promote it in different places. A freebie isn't something that you just have to put on your blog and forget about it. You can promote it on social media, promote it on Pinterest. There's all kinds of places that you can promote it, but you really want to have the foundational language to make sure that you know how to explain what this freebie is and why they need it and what it's going to do for them. So I'm going to give you a few more questions that you can ask about your audience. Who is your ideal audience? What are they struggling with? Why are they struggling? And what are they feeling? And as you ask these questions, I want you to think of secondary struggles that they might be having. So for example, for my food blog, my ideal audience is people who are cooking for the first time. So it might be that they just graduated college and they're on their own without a meal plan. Maybe they just got married and they're cooking for two. So they're struggling with trying to cook new recipes. They're struggling because they lack confidence and experience and they're feeling afraid to fail. Some secondary struggles for those people might be time, money, experience, knowledge. So I can ask myself, what would I be able to give them as a freebie that would get them one step closer towards overcoming that struggle? Remember, you're not solving their problem, but you're giving them one step in the right direction with this freebie. The other way that you can think about your freebie is that it can be a simple bonus for the content. And this is really helpful if you want to create kind of a more general freebie that kind of works for most of your posts on your blog. So some examples from my own blog would be five kitchen skills to master. And this could just be an easy PDF where I kind of lay out the skills and what they need to do to learn those. 10 fail-proof recipes. And this could be an ebook where I bundle a bunch of recipes up. I could create a guide on how to gain kitchen confidence. And last, I could create a pantry essentials checklist. And remember, I'm not going to create all of those. I'm going to pick one and I'm going to do it well and see how it performs on my blog. 
then I can create another one as it makes sense. Okay, so now let's shift into specific design tips for designing your freebie. First tip is that I want you to consider what someone is going to do with this freebie after they download it. This is really going to change how you design this freebie, including what kinds of colors you're going to use, how many images you're going to use. You want to really think about, is someone going to print this out or are they going to keep it on their computer and just reference it on their computer? And this really goes back to your audience. If you know things about your audience, if you know their age and kind of how they act, you're going to be able to figure out whether or not they would print this. So something like a checklist, most people are going to print that. Recipe ebooks, kind of the same thing. It just depends. If you have maybe a high percentage of your traffic that uses a tablet, this might be different. Maybe they would reference it on there. But in general, I don't find that people really access ebooks on their computer very often. More often, they're printing it or using it on a tablet. Something that is a workbook or a guide would be definitely printed unless you make it something that's a fillable PDF but even then a lot of people will still print it. This is just a personal preference thing and this is something that you could ask your audience. You could tell them that you're working on a freebie for them and you're wondering whether they would print it or keep it on their computer. But if you're kind of not sure what people will do with it, then you're gonna wanna keep the amount of color and photos to a minimum so that people can print it without being concerned about using a ton of ink. You want to make sure that you keep this freebie consistent with your original branding. So you're gonna wanna use the same fonts, same colors, and the same general style of your blog. If you've listened to the episodes on creating Pinterest graphics, episode number nine, or episode number 10 on creating a media kit, you know this is something that I definitely stand by and pretty much say every time is that you want to keep everything consistent. You wanna make sure that people recognize it as a part of your brand and it doesn't feel out of place. And as we're talking about it being a part of your brand, make sure that you put your website URL on this PDF. It might be really easy to think that they will remember where they got it from, but that is just not the case. So make sure that you have either your logo or your URL or both on this freebie so people can find the original source. And you never know, someone might print it out and hand it to a friend and you might have a new reader just from that. And my last little tip is to use a program that works for you. Canva is totally fine for creating most freebies. I think until you start creating ebooks that are more than 10 to 15 pages long, then you might want to consider using a different program. But my guess is if you are creating something much longer than that, you might be outsourcing it anyway. So I think in general, Canva is going to work just fine or whichever program you are most comfortable with. In general, programs like Photoshop are not really built for layout-based documents like this, but you can make it work, especially if Photoshop is what you're most comfortable with. But most people can figure out Canva pretty easily, and so I would definitely recommend using that if you are comfortable with it. So I'm going to answer a few questions that I get frequently about freebies. The first is, how long should a freebie be? And this is one of those answers where it depends. It depends on what you're creating, but in general, I would say your freebie is supposed to be small. So if it's any more than three to five pages, it's probably going to be overwhelming and your audience probably won't get through it. Especially if this is the very first thing that they are ever experiencing about your blog, three to five pages might just be way too overwhelming. If it's a bundle of recipes in an ebook, that's a little bit different. But just remember, if you're creating a workbook or checklist or something like that, then you'll probably want to stick to one to two pages so that you can make sure people are taking action and really getting the most value out of this freebie that you're giving them. Because the worst thing that can happen is someone downloads it and never looks at it again or never takes action on it and gets the transformation that you're hoping that they will get out of it. Remember that this is supposed to be a quick win for your audience. If you have more content than a few pages, then break it up and create a follow-up email sequence that you can give them after the one to two page guide. You can continue that conversation and that transformation in more emails after the fact. 
So should a freebie be brand new content? The short answer to this is no, especially if it's a recipe ebook. I think it is totally fine to bundle up recipes that you already have because people are really looking for convenience and you're providing that to them. I think it would be different if you were creating a paid ebook and using all content that was on your blog already, but even then I still think that there's an element of convenience that people are getting value from, so I think it's okay to use existing content on a freebie, especially if it's an ebook. And honestly, if they were going to be upset by the fact that the content is existing on your blog, then they're probably not the type of person that would sign up for your email list anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, so you have a freebie designed, now what do you do with it? Now it's time to put it on your website and to promote it. So there are a lot of different email platforms. And I think for this, I would go back to using what you know and what you're comfortable with. Now, if you have never used an email marketing platform before, and this is the very first step in you starting to send emails, then my recommendation is to use ConvertKit. I absolutely love ConvertKit and started using it earlier this year for my blog and my design business. And really the reason that I recommend ConvertKit over something like MailChimp is that it lets you do a lot more advanced techniques with your email list. And if you're taking emails really seriously and it's going to be a big part of your marketing plans for your business, then I think it's important to have all the options. But if you're overwhelmed with email marketing, start with something like MailChimp that is free and it's easy to use until you have a need to move to something different. MailChimp just tends to be a little bit more clunky when you're trying to do things like segment your list into groups or have multiple freebies that you're sending out um, and showcasing on your blog. So how do you display a freebie? How do you get someone to actually subscribe for it? This is going to depend on what email marketing platform you're using, but a lot of them have their own plugins, which you can utilize if you are not comfortable with messing with code or anything like that. And you can display it in a widget. Sometimes you'll have a form HTML that you copy and paste onto your site into different places. And then sometimes you can also create an image and link that to a landing page where someone can sign up. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. And again, I would just go with what you are most comfortable doing. I don't think that there is necessarily a right answer here as long as you're doing what you feel comfortable doing and you can actually get it up on your website. Don't let the technology aspect of it stop you from actually getting it on your website and getting people to start subscribing. So another tip is when you're designing your freebie, go ahead and design a few images to promote it too. So you might want to create one that you can put in your blog posts. You might want to put one on your sidebar, and you also might create something that you can promote using Instagram stories. And this can be whether or not you have swipe up. So if you want to create a graphic for Instagram stories, the size would be 1080 pixels wide by 1920 pixels high. And you can create a graphic that maybe shows the front page of your freebie or just talks about what is in the freebie. And one of the things that I love to do, being someone who does not have the swipe up feature, is to promote things like that and then just include a poll for people who want the link. Or you can also ask people to give you their email address and you can sign them up so that they can get the freebie. But while you're already in the mode of designing your freebie, it's good to just get it out of the way to have different images in different sizes and ratios so that you have different images to promote it instead of having to go and create that again down the road when you decide that you need it. So once you have the freebie and you have it set up on your email marketing platform, where should you put it on your website? I think if you're growing your email list and it's really something important to you, then it should be in the highest value spots of your website. So some of those might be, and you don't have to put the freebie in all of these places, just figure out what makes the most sense for your audience. 
your sidebar after the blog post, kind of at the end, or even before the recipe card if it's something that's relevant to your recipe card. If you think about it, your recipe card is what they're coming to the blog post for. So if you put your freebie sign up right above that, they're going to have to see it in order to find your recipe card. And even if they use a jump to recipe button, there's a good chance that they would still see that freebie and they might sign up if it's relevant to them. You can also put your freebie within the body of your post. And there's a couple of different ways you can do this. One would be using that image linked to a landing page technique. You can also do this using Gutenberg blocks if you're using Gutenberg, which I think I'm gonna do an entire episode about because I really love Gutenberg. Another place you can put it is in your footer. And then you can also put it as part of your home page. This works especially well if you have kind of a widgetized home page with different sections. It wouldn't really work very well necessarily if all you have is your latest posts on your home page, but that's a really unique place to put it, especially because when someone lands on your home page, they're either a returning visitor or they're coming probably to their second page after being on one of your individual blog posts. So they're much more likely to take action and sign up. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if it makes sense, consider creating a welcome sequence that someone gets after they sign up for the freebie. So if your freebie is a workbook, for example, maybe you create a two to three email sequence where you are checking in with them to see how they did on the workbook, see if they have any questions, or try to get their biggest takeaways from it. But just continuing that conversation and reminding them to take action by filling out that workbook. The other thing that you can do with this freebie is send it to your existing list. And I think this is something that a lot of people forget to do. And even if your list is very small, this is still a really good way to continue providing value to your readers because you're creating this for your new readers or readers that you're trying to capture. So don't forget about the ones that you already have. Same thing about promoting it on Instagram. That's already an audience that you have and you're just trying to provide value to them and hopefully convert some of them into your email subscribers as well. And this is a trick that I learned earlier this year. When you send them a freebie, ask them to share it with a friend by giving them a link to subscribe. And I like to put this in an email that says, do you know one person? And in the body of your email, you can address the new subscriber and say, hey, I hope that you filled out the workbook that you downloaded and I hope that you're loving it and have seen, you know, XYZ transformation happen in your life from filling out this workbook. Do you know one other person who is struggling with this? If so, could you forward them this link? I would love to help them too. And this is a really easy way to increase your subscribers without having to feel like you're promoting it in different places or in different ways. You can tap into the audience that you already have because chances are they know other people that have that same struggle. So as we wrap up, I want to go over a few of the things real quickly once again. So remember that a freebie should be a quick bite-sized win for your audience. It does not have to be some crazy long PDF workbook that's 20 pages long and is going to overwhelm your audience. Just one little quick win. You really want to tailor it to your audience and to their struggles. This is going to help them get the most value out of it and also help you to really tap into your audience and what they need from you. You can check the show notes again for those examples of different freebie ideas. And I hope that you will have one of those ideas that sticks out and maybe that can be your first freebie. But really just know that you can make a freebie in any format that makes sense for your audience. I have seen People do workbooks with video trainings. I've seen people do audio downloads. Really don't feel like you are stuck in a box when it comes to a freebie. It can be whatever makes the most sense for your audience and also what you have the most skills for. So for example, if design is not your thing and you just don't want to even touch designing a freebie, maybe you can create an email sequence that someone could download and get value from that instead. Make sure you consider how this freebie is going to be used, whether they're going to print it or view it on a computer, because that's going to change how you design it. 
A freebie can be existing content when it makes sense because you're providing value in a bundled up way and that convenience is part of the value that you're giving your readers. And don't forget to add it to your website in strategic places where people will see it and be able to take action. So speaking of action, your action steps for today, first is to decide what your freebie is going to be. And if you're stuck between multiple ideas, pull your audience, send your email list an email and ask them what they would get the most value out of. Then you're going to create your freebie and you're going to share it with your existing audience and create sign-up forms to grow your audience and get new subscribers. If you need help creating a freebie for your blog, I would love to help you reach out and we can work together to create a freebie for your blog. If you already have a freebie or when you create a new one, I would love to see it. You can share it with me on Instagram and tag me at Grayson Vine or you can email it to me. It's always really fun for me to see what different people come up with and how they're serving their audience and it gives me different ideas of things that people are doing and what's working. So as we wrap up this mini series on design tips, I really hope that this little series has been helpful for you and that you've taken some action in creating either a media kit, some Pinterest graphics, or your first freebie after listening to this episode. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, go ahead and go back to episodes 9 and 10 to learn about creating a media kit or creating Pinterest graphics. And after this series, we're going to be shifting into talking about how to review the past year and strategize for next year. And I'm really excited about these last few episodes of the year and giving you guys some tips on how you can move into next year with purpose and strategy to continue growing and improving your blog. And the last reminder is don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't left a review yet, I would love to have you leave one. I would love to read it on the air. Reviews and subscriptions really help the podcast to be seen by different audiences, and it is really just a huge goal of mine to grow this podcast and to reach more food bloggers like you. All right, friends, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.